0: Thank you for tuning in to the Diligent Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we talk about the Bible, speak the truth, and make Bible study come to life. Here is your host, Joshua Cantrell.
1: Welcome to the diligent podcast where we make Bible study come to life and I'm your host Joshua Cantrell back today in the great month of October with another episode here on the diligent podcast but of course under the microscope of the scattered abroad network so thankful so excited so appreciative for your uh, willingness For your cooperation, as uh, the diligent podcast continues to uh, go forward, but again, as I always like to say, not just the podcast here, uh, but all the podcasts on the scattered, abroad network. You know, God has a way of, of blessing us in just so many ways, and 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 you know, just when we think, you know, we we've kind of figured it out, God has a way to continue. Uh, to bless us beyond our uh, beyond our wildest expectations. So I encourage you uh, to continue uh, to listen to all the podcasts uh, here. Uh, of course, you know, uh, the joint podcasts, uh, they come out every week, the Sermon of the Week. Uh, every Sunday, they come out the second and fourth Sunday every month. We have the brainstorming. Of course, you know, we have Everyday Christian. We have uh, transform. We have through their eyes, and of course, that is just available for the summer. Uh, we have far better. We have the way. We have weather and the storm. Uh, we have asking God why, and of course, on Saturdays we have the diligent podcast. And I encourage you uh, in your spare time to go and to listen uh, to some of my great friends, some of my best friends here uh, in the brotherhood in the gospel, as they, in their own ways, uh, share with you the gospel uh, of King Jesus. The Christ. Today we are continuing our study and discussion here in Acts chapter 16. Of course, last week we discussed with you Lydia, and today we go just a couple verses down and we turn our attention to the Philippian jailer. Of all the conversions throughout the book of Acts, this is just my opinion, uh, I enjoy the Philippian jailer the most. I think what happens to him. Uh, in his family as a result of him uh, in the gospel or listening to the gospel, rather, uh, just speaks volumes about how God can use anyone at any place and any time in their lives uh, to use them uh, as a vessel uh, for the master's use. And Acts 16 and verse 24, uh, verse 25, the Bible says, And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed, uh, and they sang praises unto God. I kind of just want to stop there. Verse number 25 there. I can remember in preaching school, a really, really good friend of mine, actually one of my best friends, Four. he wrote down on a on a piece of paper and he gave me uh, pretty much a, a sermon outline that I have always kept on my desk. Again, I've, I've, I've been in full time preaching some six or seven years now, and I've always kept this sticky note on my desk, what prison didn't take from Paul. Prison did not take his pen. Prison did not take his purpose. Prison did not take his pulpit. Prison did not take his praise. Prison did not take his patience. And most importantly, prison did not take his peace. Paul turning his prison to a platform. And my friends, we have to do the very same thing. No, 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 no. We're not in uh, any way physical, uh, uh, incarcerated or prison. I'm not talking about the day, talking about that today, uh, but I'm talking about it from a spiritual perspective. Now, in the context of Acts 16 here, Paul was actually in prison, physically and spiritually. But my friends, you have to be able to turn your prison to your platform. And again, Joseph also Uh, In the Old Testament, Genesis chapter 37 and following, Joseph is also a prime example of that as well. God gave him a gift and he used that gift to glorify God. So your gift is really not about you. If God gave you a gift, you need to be using that gift to glorify the God which is in heaven. Verse twenty six, the Bible says, and immediately there was a great earthquake. So the foundation of the prison, the Bible says, it was shaken. The earthquake was so great that the uh, the prison foundation was pretty much the doors were broken off their hinges, and immediately the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. Imagine. Imagine if you were in this prison cell with Paul and Silas. Let's, let's, let's put on our first century glasses. Let's get on our time machine and let's go back in time. Imagine putting on, or oh, imagine being in that prison cell with Paul and Silas. You, you, you hear them praying over there. You hear them singing over there. I don't know what it is they're praying about. I don't know what it is they're singing about. I don't know what it is they're preaching and teaching about. But whatever it is, those men are convicted about what they are doing. And imagine you're you're, you're you're sitting probably in the middle between Paul and Silas and you're in shackles just like they are. And immediately you feel this great earthquake. And the doors and the hinges fall off. I don't know about you, but it's it's it's, it's not going to take much convincing for me. <laughs> You, you you are not going to have to do all that convincing with me because you know what? I'm getting out of here. Tell you that much, my friends. I am getting out of here. But the Bible says here in verse 27, and when the keeper of the prison awaking out of his sleep, you know, a lot of my friends like to speculate why the jailer fell asleep. I don't think that's really the purpose of the text at all, <laughs> to be honest with you. The Bible says, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had fled. But I'm about to say next. Many of you know, but also many don't know. So I'm going to say it anyway. When a Roman guard, if he allowed someone to escape the prison under his care, he had to sacrifice and give his life as equal value because you let a prisoner escape now we're gonna take your life and again, the Bible gives us this phrase, supposing that the prisoners have fled, so he wakes up, he sees the doors open he 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 sees or he's he's beginning to rationalize again his mind first of all, I fell asleep, I fell asleep through an earthquake. <laughs> And then he woke up and he sees these doors open. And when he sees the doors open, he knows he didn't open the doors. He knows he didn't do this. And so he's supposing the prisoners have fled. And as he drew his sword, maybe you could hear the sword coming out of the sheath. Maybe it was one of those big Roman metal swords. And you can actually hear the shoo, you can hear him taking the sword out. And Paul said, do thyself no harm. Paul says, hey, we're all here. Paul says, man, you don't have to kill yourself. You don't have to do this. And the Bible says, he called for light and sprang in and came down trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. And the Bible says, and he brought them out, I believe another translation better renders, and he inquired of them and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? The jailer asked the question, What must I do to be saved? on the basis of Paul and Silas' behavior. And the reason why I know that is because when they were praying and when they were singing and they were preaching, the jailer didn't respond to that. But now he sees these men's character. Now he sees these men practicing what it is they were just preaching. Well, sirs, but but based on how you're living your life, But but based on what you're doing in your life. What must I do to be saved? What must I do to be right with God? And the Bible says in verse 31, they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in all thy house. I can't tell you how many times I have been driving, traveling, and I've seen. Acts 16, verse 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. But the thing about context, and why we're stressing context in this season, discovering the text so much, is because it's very dangerous to form your theology in the middle of a sentence, And that's what a lot of people do. If you remember the very first episode, we talked about in Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, a lot of people used that verse to say, well, you know what, there it is. There is our authority for the Pentecost religion. My friends, Pentecost is not a religion. Pentecost is a day. And the day, D-A-Y, day of Pentecost was fully come. And so the same principle is true in Acts 16, verse number 30 and 31 here. They said, believe on the Lord. Now, again, if I'm reading this, something I've learned is you always have to read the verses before and after the, 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 the key verse you're reading. So the key verse here is Acts 16 and verse number 31. What is the verse before that? What must I do to be saved? But the instrument or the means by which the jailer can respond to that gospel has not come in play yet until verse number 32. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord. They preached unto him the gospel. And after they preached unto him the gospel, then, and only then, was he baptized verse 32 said and they spake the word of the Lord and gave and all that were in his house the instrument to save his heart had not come into place in verse 31 but it did in verse number 32 the jailer said in verse 30, what must I do to be saved? What must I do? I, 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 personal. He understands he has to do this for himself. He understands that Paul and Silas cannot be saved for him. He understands that maybe if they're still in there, the other prisoners cannot do, cannot do this for him. What must I do to be saved? And my friends, and we all have to come to that same conclusion in life. What must I do to be right with God? The Bible says, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his way, he and all his straight way. If this isn't a clear case of repentance, my friends, I don't know what else is. The Bible says this man washed their stripes that same day he was baptized. And verse 34 says, and when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. Now, before he was afraid that they had escaped because he was going to have to give his life. But can you see how the gospel changes you from the inside out? Because his profession has not changed. His job title has not changed. And the jailer doesn't mind dying now. Why is that? Because he has his business right. He's right. And he's right with God. The Bible says he set meat before them and rejoiced in God with all his house. You know, my friends, there's something about the gospel, something that the gospel does for us that nothing else really is adequate enough to to do for us. Our Lord is constantly teaching us. The question is not whether or not he's doing his job. Well, are we doing our job? God is talking friends, but are we listening? Are we listening? Are we heeding to the word of Almighty God? The jailer said, man, what must I do? <laughs> what must I do to be right with God? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Diligent podcast where we make Bible study come to life and discovering